food industries will make us all sorts of things because they think that it's saleable, right? They think that we want certain things. They think that we don't, we can't handle the truth of simple whole plant-based eating, right? So what I like to say is don't underestimate us. Gossip Nista here, your one and only source into the real lives of New Yorkers and what it's like to live in New York City. So is it all glitz and glamour? Where do you start? What should you know? And who am I? I'll tell you everything you need to know and you'll thank me for it. XOXO, Gossip Nista. Hello, and welcome to the Gossip Nisa podcast. I'm your host, Mariana Monks, and today's episode is going to hopefully help save a life or at minimum transform one. Dramatic, right, for me to say that, but that's how passionate I feel about today's subject, eating healthier and making even the smallest of steps if that's all one can do to radically help improve their health and lifespan. So please don't go anywhere. I do promise you'll get tons of New York insight in this interview as well. But if I'm transparent, it's only been this month that I've heard the news of two people I care about who are battling a chronic disease. And when we say chronic disease, that can include a wide variety of conditions. But according to the CDC, the most prevalent chronic conditions in the U.S. are heart disease, cancer, and diabetes, which, okay, although one, you and I may not be going through this right now. I can almost adamantly say someone near and dear to us will most likely go through this, including ourselves potentially in the future. But the good news, the absolutely great news is that this is preventable. It's actually maybe even reversible. The science is out there, guys. And it like it gives me goosebumps to just even say that. And so You'll learn about some of these things in our interview today on just the simple steps that one can do to just go down this path. And I'm also going to link limitless resources on some books that have been invaluable to me in my journey. And I've gifted them to friends that it's just just earth shattering, shocking, eye opening as to, you know, the potential of how long we're going to be able to live in this world if we just do it the right way, a little bit better. So World Health Day is actually celebrated every April, specifically on April 7th, to draw attention to specific health topics and concerns to people from all over the world from the World Health Organization. And so I found it to be just perfect timing to introduce my guest today, plant-powered Metro New York, who I came across recently and found them to be a very forward-thinking and pioneering nonprofit in NYC that's helping to support and spread valuable insights on healthy eating and a healthier lifestyle all around. Network director Liana Levine Reisner joined me to talk about the chronic condition she suffered from and how she ultimately just defied Western norms of prescriptive medicine, which generally is right? The only alternative that we're ever given and not so much a holistic one. And she essentially opted to take that holistic path, just 
changing her eating habits. She informed herself a lot more with regards to what can be done. And a 20 year plus condition was reversed. Like she no longer has it. That sounds crazy, right? Like simple enough, but I personally know that it is very hard to change habits. Nevertheless, eating habits that have been ingrained in us and you know, our culture and norm of, you know, Western society. So the first step is just being informed, which I hope you find this information as invaluable as I have. But without further ado, here's my interview with Liana Levine Reisner, Network Director of Plant Powered Metro New York. Liana, I am so happy to have you on the Gossip Beast podcast today. Looking forward to our discussion on healthy eating here in New York City. So welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So I know you are the network director at Plant Powered Metro New York, and I want to open up this whole conversation about healthy eating in the city and, and kind of learn more about what it is you do. And so let's start first. So with a little bit about like your New York, you know, story. And so are you originally from New York? No, I'm not. I grew up in a much smaller town in Western Pennsylvania okay. and never thought that I would live here in a million, in a million dreams. You know, I, it seemed like uh, I would come and visit here with my grandparents who lived Mm -hmm. in Northern New Jersey. They would take me to Broadway shows and doing all the New York tourist kind of activities. And, um, I just thought it was way too many people. I'm an introvert. I didn't think I'd get by in this kind of environment, but as an adult, of course, I came back and visited and got to know the neighborhoods around that were beyond the tourist trap. And then I realized, wow, this is something that I could really get into. I love how you kind of noted that, right? Like it wasn't initially for you, but you kind of, you know, you grew into New York and you found other areas of New York that were more like your style. And so with that being said, what were those neighborhoods? Where did you land upon? Yeah. So we live in the Upper West Side of Manhattan, Mm -hmm. Um, very family friendly community here. Mm -hmm. Um, We are Jewish and observant. And so we, we fit in well with the scene here where there's a very large um, Jewish community and a wonderful community around our children's schools. Uh, we've been in a number of different neighborhoods in Brooklyn and, and other places, but ultimately, you know, found ourselves here. I love it. Upper West Side. I, I know that is like family oriented. So is the Upper East Side in a sense of like just a lot more quieter neighborhood feeling community like, right? So um, I, Perfect that you you kind of landed upon there. And so what has your overall experience in New York been since being here? Yeah, I, when we first moved here, I had a culture shock. I was, I mean, it was, everything's more expensive, of course, but everything felt dirtier than I was used to. Everything felt um, like there were strings attached, like things, mm. you know, it, it just felt really tough. And as soon as, like, it took me a few, I don't know, at least a year, if not two, to really yeah. feel like I was here and I was settled and I was a part of the scene. And now that we've been here, almost 11 years, I feel much more like a New Yorker. And I feel like an elitist snob every time I go back out and I see my friends and my family in suburban towns, because I just really love how everything that we need is right here in, in our, at our fingertips. And, and my husband and I have a very strong environmental 
aspect of you know who we are. And I just feel so that it's so important for us to live car free and to have the kinds of amenities that allow us to reduce our environmental footprint. So we get that here in the city. Perfect. And then, so any specific likes and dislikes about New York City? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I obviously I love the public transit system. Uh, mm-hmm. It of course has its flaws, but but just the ability to, to get to get so many different places yeah. um, so quickly and not just like within the city, but also all of the commuter rails and Amtrak and everything. We actually, whenever we visit my in-laws who are in the Baltimore area, we take the Amtrak train instead of driving. And I just, I like traveling with my kids that way. It's a much more pleasant experience not to be in a car with children yeah. for a long yeah. time, um, having freedom of movement. Um, so public transit, absolutely. And then like I said, like being, um, fi- I think the, the beauty of New York city is that you can find almost anything you need somewhere in the city. Um, and so for me, like in the upper West side, this is a crazy Jewish community. Like the fact that we happen to be among people who have similar viewpoints on how we want to live and, and how we want to teach our children. Um, that just was a, a big highlight for us because you can't find this kind of approach in most communities across the world, but you can find it here. And so I, I always go back to the anthem, the New York, New York anthem, because it's like, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. If you can find it here, you can find it. You can't find it anywhere, honestly. Like this is such a unique place where everything is possible. Oh, I love it. You kind of summed up what I would ask of a quote for you uh, with regards <laughs> to New York right there. So yes. thank you for noting that. And with regards to, um, you know, this is a podcast, not only for New Yorkers, but also for those looking to want to, you know, have that New York dream. What advice would you give to someone who's looking to move here to New York just overall? It, for, certainly for people who are moving from other places, if you're coming from another city, it'll feel like home. <laughs> um, if, but if you're coming from a place that's very different from New York. Um, just to keep an open mind, you're gonna. We see everything here. We see the best and the worst of people. We're close to each other. We um, we hear things that bother us, and we hear things that make us joyful. And I think that that's partially why New York is the way it is. The the proximity that we have to each other, and to the best and worst of society, makes us more compassionate. I think it makes us have a tougher shell. And I also think it makes us, um, it makes us want to do better by people. Like we don't settle. We want things to be better. It's really hard to fix things in a big city where, you know, status quo rules and it takes a lot of money to make significant changes to infrastructure and all of that. Um, but I think that there's this strong drive to be a part of a solution. And I, I, I think if people are moving here and they just want to like take advantage of the, the nightlife and the entertainment just, I would say, open up and see where you can contribute because it's not just about the taking, it's the giving. Beautifully, beautifully ended there. And I can't tell you, you know, that is a running theme with New Yorkers that I speak with. Don't just come into the city to take, but to also see how you can contribute. So every time that's said, I just get goosebumps and I'm so excited to hear this. Thank you so much for sharing a bit about your background there, Liana, and, you know, your New York story. I definitely want to dive into a lot of more specific tips on health and how you got into being the director of, you know, Plant Powered, sorry, Plant Metro New York, Plant Powered Metro New York. There we go. Third time's a charm. (laughs) And so let's start there. I mean, New York is such a culture of, you know, pizza bagels, uh, all kinds of things, right, that are at your fingertips. How does one just, 
even start to thrive here health-wise. Yeah. So maybe I'll start just by giving you a little snippet of my story and how I got Mm -hmm. into this. Um, And then I can share some tips and tricks. Mm -hmm. So my, I have three kids and when I had, you know, two of them at that point, um, I was just trying to figure out what do I feed my children to be healthier? And my husband and I, in our late twenties, early thirties, were starting to feel the like aging process settle in. I'm like, why is this happening? Why don't we Mm -hmm. feel good? Why are we sick? Why? It made me go back to basics and take a look at the things in our environment that might be contributing to some of the challenges that we had. And so I just started digging and digging and found a lot of interesting and yet um, drastically confusing information about nutrition and what to feed people. Um, And I, I didn't know, like initially, I think when you look around, it's like, oh, we're all different. And so therefore we need to eat a different, different diet. Some people need more meat. Some people need more um, fruit. Some people can't eat X or Y. And it just, it confused me. I didn't understand it. Uh, and along the way, my husband, who is a vegetarian, who had been a vegetarian before, uh, really questioned whether we nutritionally need to eat meat to be healthy. So as I dug in further and started to experiment for myself, my initial changes that I made to my diet personally were to eat a lot more plant foods and a lot fewer animal foods and to eat many fewer processed foods. The more unprocessed plant foods I ate, the healthier I felt. And one of the one of the biggest changes I had very early on in changing my diet was that I no longer experienced symptoms of endometriosis, which I had lived with for almost 20 years. And for anybody who doesn't know, it's a very common hormonal condition that many women face. I think about one in 10 women have it. Um, and it makes you have heavy, painful periods. Um, Mm. and this is unfortunately like it, to me, I had normalized it as a teenager, Um, my friends certainly didn't have the same experiences that I, as I had. And I just thought I was unlucky. I thought I had bad genes. I thought Mm -hmm. there was nothing I could really do. And the doctor said the same, the doctor said, well, if you want, we can help regulate your cycles and make it a little bit more manageable and you can be on the pill. So that's what I did. I followed doctor's orders. Um, but nowhere along the path had anybody said, you know, food might help you here. So as I, um, experienced like a total 180 shift in my body in a very short time, um, without dairy products specifically in my body. And I had no eggs at that time either. Um, and was not eating much meat to speak of anyway. Um, it just was like a huge light bulb went off in my head that food and hormones are connected. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I had, I had no idea about this before. Um, and I, you know, I feel I'm an educated person. I went to school. I have a graduate degree. I feel well connected, But the fact that I didn't know this information and that I had this very personal and very liberating experience of overcoming a chronic disease was what pushed me to explore more and see what I could learn to to try to understand what had happened and whether there was like a long-term plan for how I could eat and how my family could eat. So that led me to sort of uncovering um, a lot of tremendous evidence that's out there about how important eating a a diet of whole plant foods is for our health. And it's not just for hormonal health, it's for um, metabolic diseases like diabetes, it's for our cardiovascular health, um, which is tremendous. And uh, what I found though, is that it doesn't matter who you are, what color skin you have, how old you are, um, what kind of lived experiences you've had in your life, eating whole plant foods really helps everybody. And I've seen many, many people, I've met many people who are 
you know, they, they overcame other chronic illnesses too. people who've reversed hypertension, which is high blood pressure, people who have come back from colitis and Crohn's disease, which are two autoimmune diseases that are deeply, um, difficult to live with, uh, with the gut just in, in a shambles really. So, um, after meeting other people who had gone through similar, um, you know, health recovery experiences, one of whom was mayor Eric Adams and his diabetes mm-hmm. recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just felt, wow, here's one thing in New York city that there isn't, which is a community-based approach to educating and empowering our local communities from diverse backgrounds to know about the science of plant-based nutrition and to teach about it so that people can really start to make significant changes in their day-to-day lives and experience significant health improvements. So that's what, that was the genesis of my work. And I got to know a few other local people who uh, were doing similar kinds of things, like educationally speaking in different parts of the New York area. And so we created Plant Powered Metro New York together. And now we have this volunteer network of, you know, dozens and dozens of people who are really passionate about this lifestyle. And um, we're supporting many people from many different walks of life who speak many different languages to learn Mm -hmm. about this body of knowledge and to learn really practical skills to make it a part of their lives. So I guess going back to your question, what is it, how can people make plant-based eating or how can we eat more plants in general? There's so much, and it's so, it's so hard, right? You walk outside your front door in, in the city and, and you see a lot of convenience foods. I think for me, the, the, I have to recontextualize what is food. Food might be something that other people are calling food and selling as food. Um, but to me, like pizza isn't food anymore. Candy isn't food anymore. Donuts aren't food. They're just concoctions that people have made and packaged and they seem palatable because we've been growing up eating these things and being told to celebrate our milestone events with these things, but that doesn't necessarily make them right for us. 100%. And Liana, before we dive deeper into food, I'm going to just interrupt there for a second, just because I want to, it was wonderful hearing your story and how you were helped by, you know, treating that chronic disease by changing your habits and eating. And, you know, also Mayor Eric Adams with regards to diabetes, I, I know for a fact, you know, and the science is out there that, you know, food is medicine, but it can also lead to chronic diseases and how you intake it. And, particularly more plant-based is going to lead to, you know, better health and also longer living. Those are just facts that are out there. So love that, you know, you've created a plant-powered Metro New York. Now with regards to plant-powered Metro New York, how long has it been in existence? You know, it's a nonprofit and tell us just a little bit more about that and whether it's just vegetarian based or vegan based or both okay. and define, define those two things. That way we we're all on the same page. Yeah. Here. Great question. So we started plan powered Metro New York in 2019. As of this conversation, it's been around for three years mm-hmm. and um, we teach about whole food, plant-based nutrition. And what that means is uh, a diet that is predominantly based on plants. So you could call mm-hmm. it vegan, uh, but there is like the science allows for a few servings of animal products a week. Okay that's more, you know, it's not needed though. We don't need them nutritionally. And for some people who have advanced disease, they really need to remove all of those animal products from their diets in order to find the kind of healing 
that will allow them to overcome, mm -hmm. you know, to get to the lab work that you want or to get mm -hmm. to the weight that you want. The other piece of it though, it's not just about plants. It's also about whole foods. So what is a whole food? Mm -hmm. It's a food that looks like mostly what it comes from in the earth, right? Or on a tree or on a bush. Um, when we take foods and we process them, a lot of processing takes out the essential nutrients like fiber or the micronutrients that are abundant in the skins or the peels of certain foods. We also highly process things like oils. Oils are just the fat that's extracted from a plant. Um, sugar is just the, 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 you know, simple sugar that's extracted from a plant. Even salt is something that we know uh, when people think of the problems with salt, they often first think of blood pressure issues, but salt can be a trigger for many different kinds of health issues, not just high blood pressure. Um, so we, we try to teach people how to remove added oils from the diet as well, because those can be inflammatory to the body and inflammation is really the root of many different diseases. Uh, and we also teach how to deeply minimize added sugars and, and salt in the diet as well. And to, and to find other ways to flavor foods. So, you know, I love adding citrus to my salads and my sauces because it brings out the kind of, it enhances the flavors in a way that, you know, I don't need salt in, in it anymore. And when I go out to a restaurant and I taste salt, I'm like, Oh my God, this is so, it's just overwhelming me. Right. Um, and how to use the natural sugars that are found in fruits, especially dried fruits to, you know, add that to your baking instead of a, a cup of sugar or even maple syrup, which is, uh, which is a processed food. So, um, you know, and it sounds extreme, but once you do it, once, once we take it in and we make it a part of our daily routine, um, it is so satisfying. It is so delicious. And it just changes the entire worldview about what, like I said before, what is food? Um, what do my taste buds enjoy? And I feel like I have this deeper, almost spiritual appreciation of nature and of what plants offer us because of the journey that I've been on and gone through, um, where, you know, looking at a plant, looking at a sweet potato, looking at an orange and saying, this is here for me. It's on this earth in a package that is nourishing for my body. Um, it's just like, it's, it's a miraculous thing. Mm -hmm. Definitely. <laughs> and um, again, I know how healthy, you know, food is. And like you said, inflammation is, is the cause of most chronic diseases and eating the right type of foods. is just going to, you know, give you energy, bring you to be more alert, you know, be pain-free, have less diseases. There's so many nutritional nutritional benefits to, you know, having a healthy lifestyle. Um, again, happy that you are noting all these specifics that, you know, plant powered Metro New York is focused on. And so bringing it back to, we were talking about, you know, all those processed foods and we live in New York city and, and, and there's a, a lot of things at your fingertips. So, you know, how does one even begin this journey with their health? Gossip Mista here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I wanted to hop in here to ask that if you haven't yet, if you could please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen. This will help me reach more people and spread the word about New York City and those who love it. And if you want to stay up to date, be sure to follow at Gossipnista Podcast on Instagram. Now, back to the show. What we like to teach is that um, all of us like mm -hmm. particular plant foods 
Uh, and if we start with what we love and what those strengths are, then we can build from there. So, um, you know, if you know that you like sweet potatoes, then gosh, eat, eat as many sweet potatoes as you want mm -hmm. and think of them not as a side dish, but as an entree. Um, and if you, you know, you'll eat a small salad, think about supersizing the salad. Um, I think we're getting more and more salad chains around, which is great. I know they're not as commonly available in the outer boroughs, which is, I think a travesty, but they'll, mm -hmm. we'll get there. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, you know, just thinking of a salad as a side and again, not as the main meal, what I do is I build a salad with whatever greens I have on hand and make it easy. You can get boxes or bags of prepared greens that are already washed and throw them mm -hmm. in a bowl and you don't have to spend hours at the sink washing your lettuce or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, throw on a cup of beans, throw on, um, tomatoes. Uh, I make a simple tahini dressing. I love using an unhulled, um, sesame seed paste because that's where a lot of calcium is. So when you're eating a plant-based diet, you're going to get your calcium from, uh, mostly leafy green vegetables, and you can find them also in seeds like the sesame seed. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I think it takes a little bit of time for, for, for me coming from a vegetarian household where we already had a good amount of plants in our, in our diet. And we would make very colorful stir fries and things like that. It, it didn't take a whole lot to remove dairy and eggs from the diet. Um, but it is certainly harder when you're coming from the standard American approach, or if you're mm -hmm. used to going out and getting, you know, an egg sandwich for breakfast, or used to going out right. and having um, a very sugary cup of coffee for breakfast, finding the things that we love, like what kind of herbal tea do you like? What kind of, um, what kind of uh, legume do you like? Like legumes being beans, lentils, chickpeas. Um, if, if you know that you like hummus, like make more things with chickpeas. And, and um, if you are somebody who's been raised, uh, you know, eating dal lentils, um, make those, take out those oils or the ghee from the base and instead add on, uh, you know, use water to saute your foods or use a broth to saute. And there's just so many options. Like people say, oh, I can't possibly think about taking out my chicken and my, uh, and my cheese and whatever. And if you think about it, those are like a dozen ingredients that you are going to take out of your diet. And the plant kingdom is totally diverse. There's thousands and thousands of edible plants out there. And if you don't like one kind of squash, try another kind of squash. If you don't like one kind of potato, try another kind of potato. Um, I think that's where like, um, so much of what we do is helping people to see what's possible with plant foods and to recognize that we, um, we have many options in front of us and we don't have to be a slave in the kitchen to make healthy food. There's a lot of, um, you know, things are being created now that are a plant powered meat substitutes, mm -hmm. right? Um, would love to hear your thoughts on those. And then also just the seasonings that go into, you know, making your dishes flavorful, anything that you should stay away from or maybe include. Sure. Yeah. So I think, first of all, there is a huge environmental environmental benefit to eating the plant-based mock meats and alternatives. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if, if people generally know this, but I've come to learn that uh, the amount of water that we use to grow animals um, and, and their feed, the amount of pollution that's created from animal agriculture, the um, other many forms of environmental devastation, greenhouse gas emissions, et cetera, from um, animal agriculture is huge. So the plant-based um, you know, alternatives 
they call them alternative proteins. They are great when we think about it from an environmental perspective. Uh, what we think though, as in the health world is that most of those plant-based uh, alternatives are made with processed ingredients. You can pick up the, you know, look at the nutrition facts and the label for any of those foods. And you'll see isolated proteins, which is the protein extracted from the food. And we don't want to extract any, mm-hmm. any of those core mm-hmm. um, nutrients because that's where the body just doesn't know how to handle them outside of their original mm-hmm. packaging. Um, and it has a lot of added oils, um, mm. and many flavor enhancers, salt. Um, so I'd say if you really feel like you can't go another day without meat and you need something that's going to satisfy that flavor profile for you, um, go for it, give it a try. But, but to me, it's a stepping stone. It's a, it's a, a place along a path. And ultimately we have to go to whole foods to find the health benefits that we need. Uh, but I also feel, I was just talking about this last night with, with a bunch of people that, um, food industries will make us all sorts of things because they think that it's saleable, right? They think that we want certain things. They think that we don't, we can't handle the truth of simple whole plant-based eating, right? So what I like to say is don't underestimate us guys. (laughs) We actually want and can crave healthy food if you give it to us. So, um, it's just a mindset shift. It really is. And of course there are dependencies like physical dependencies and addictions that we have developed to the existing foods in our ecosystem, which are tremendously hard for many people to overcome. But if we can break free from the kind of toxic food environment that we have and, and come to experience the richness and, and the flavors of a, a more natural way of eating, it is possible for so many people. And I feel validated in saying this because we, we do this with people all the time in our program, people from many right. different kinds of backgrounds who some people wouldn't expect could enjoy eating a simple mm-hmm. whole food plant-based diet. Uh, it can be done. And what was your, mm-hmm. what was your second question, Mariana? Yeah, no. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that question in a second, but okay. it all is habit-based, right? Like yes. once you break ha- a habit, you can get into the groove of being healthier. I think I've heard it's like 21 days to actually break a habit and then kind of continue on that path. So, I mean, it's definitely doable. I know I'm always on that path and, and trying to break, you know, bad habits. But um, the second question was um, the seasonings that go onto yeah. foods, like any particular ones that, I mean, we know salt, sugar and so forth, not too much. Right. Um, I don't know, like lemon you said was good, but like cayenne, pepper, whatever else, yeah. you know, to answer this question, right. It really mm-hmm. depends on what kind of cultural cuisines people like, mm-hmm. um, for me, um, you know, I love, uh, adding the, the green herbs, the basil, the oregano, the thyme, uh, rosemary to, um, tomato-based things, marineras. Um, we make a lot of curry-based food. We use curry powder or we'll do uh, Indian spices like garam masala or other kinds of masalas. And I think in a way, like some of it is just figuring out like how do you release some of those flavors um, in the cooking process, which, you know, there's some basic, um, basic tips for how to do that by adding them early to your dish when you're cooking, like put those spices in um, at the beginning when you're doing a saute with onion and garlic, and then they'll sort of seep in much more richly. Right. Um, other, other ways to flavor. I mean, um, again, it depends on the dish, but if, if you're, if you crave sweets, especially, um, 
we take dates like you have you may, you take uh, medjool dates especially, but it can be any kind of date. Um, take the pits out and you can soak them in water, and then you can uh, puree them in a, a little blender or uh, one of those little bullets, and um, and then you can add them, add it into to certain foods mm-hmm. that need it. So like with my right. kids, when we we make for my kids um, oat peanut butter chia seed. Uh, no bakes that go in the freezer. Mm -hmm. And the way that we sweeten them is with banana and uh, this sort of date slurry. Um, and it's a lot of sugar, frankly, it's like probably more sugar than we need, but you, you you don't have to use a lot, like just a few dates really helps. Or if you'd like the flavor of, of it's natural sugar, right. It's It's, it's a difference. Yeah. Versus processed, uh, sugar. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and bananas are like miracle foods in a way, like we make our, our quote unquote ice cream out of it. Like Mm -hmm. just freeze your bananas and then blend them up in a high speed blender or, um, you can mash them a bit before you freeze them and then it'll make it easier. It's there's so many hacks. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard yeah. to go into all of them, but Mike, we don't feel like we are living in a state of, you know, deficiency or scarcity in this way of eating. Right. I love it. And and so you mentioned, you know, you have three little ones at home and the specific recipes and things you're developing for them to kind of have a healthy lifestyle, more so plant-based, right? Um, curious to know, you know, there, there's been a, a little structure change within the school system with vegan Fridays. And I know you were part of, uh, you know, kind of implementing this or or being uh, forward for it, like your thought process on this and just how it's benefiting New York as a whole. Yeah. Well, I think in a way it's, it's in a rollout phase now, which is a big deal. It takes, it takes more um, to go to a place where we're, we're appreciating what these plant foods look like, what these Mm -hmm. meals look like for kids. Um, I have this big pet peeve uh, the idea of what the a kid's menu is, right? A kid's menu at a restaurant is often chicken nuggets and um, fish sticks, spaghetti. And sticks and spaghetti mm-hmm. and, and meatballs or something like that. And, um, and I just think that, again, we're underestimating the ability of kids to like foods that are real. Mm-hmm. And um, part of it is, yes, kids will give us hell if we, um, if we tell them, no, you can't have this, you need to mm-hmm. have this. But for me, what has been really um, helpful in our home is if you just clear away all the things that you don't want to be feeding your children and you leave the things that you do, it becomes less of a conversation piece, right? We, we set different boundaries and we allow children to see that what's over there is not for us. And what's over here is for us. And then their mindset can shift in the same way that adults can, like, they're not, they're not so different from us at the end of the day. So when I think about for the kids at school, it's a slightly harder situation because um, if they're, they're used to having certain kinds of meals at school mm-hmm. on the other days of the week, yeah. um, very dairy heavy, meat heavy, um, highly processed, unfortunately, um, mm-hmm. but they're moving in a good direction. And I think that with these vegan Fridays, they're experimenting with additional kinds of dishes that kids will like that are based on beans. Kids actually really yeah. like beans and they've got great yeah. fiber and they keep us satisfied. Um, and if you just flavor them nicely and, um, and match them with foods that we know kids might enjoy, mm-hmm. uh, like I know my kids really like red peppers and if you roast them in the oven, they're um, an incredible flavor. Mm-hmm. They're sweet too. 
Right. They're sweet. Mm-hmm. And, and, and kids like eating out interesting things too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they can eat a nice chickpea right. dish. If you just prepare it nicely, I grew up not liking chickpeas because I always ate chickpeas that had come from a can that tasted like brine that were over salted. And so mm-hmm. now, you know, the flavor of an actual chickpea, the way that it tastes when it comes, um, you know, from, um, it's been dried of course. And then you re reconstitute it with water. We pressure cook our beans here. Um, it's an, it's a very rich and incredible flavor and children will come to appreciate it when we give them the benefit of the doubt. So I think it's an, an amazing thing that the schools are moving in this direction and there will be pains along the way as we support parents and teachers and administrators in seeing that this is not a deficiency. It's not taking away anything. It's actually adding tremendous value. And if, if adults can support it and can find ways to, um, you know, to speak positively about it, it's going to wear off on children as well. So there's, it's a whole ecosystem shift that we, I think need to partner on to make, uh, to make successful. A hundred percent. Couldn't agree more there, Liana, you know, in the sense that just even one day a week to give the body a rest or, or, you know, more vibrancy with different types of foods and things along those lines is, it's just, it's a, it's a great way of moving forward and kind of evolving. And and again, like you said, you know, uh, trying new things and, and hopefully having everyone's support along the way. But, um, I, I want to hear a little bit more before uh, we close out this interview with regards to Plant Powered Metro New York and where one can connect, uh, what are the resources that are offered there? And um, yeah, that would be great to know. Sure. Yeah. So Plant Powered Metro New York, as, as the name says, we work across the metro area. We do have mm-hmm. a, a very amazing volunteer base that's uh, has people in all five boroughs and in, in Long Island and Westchester County and in parts of New Jersey as well. Um, most of the programming that we do has been online because of COVID. So people from all over can access our public educational programming. And we usually have, you know, featured speakers who talk about different chronic disease states and how nutrition can support uh, people's healing. And we also have very practical uh, webinars like uh, culinary demonstrations with some of our educators. Uh, we do a nutrition support circle, which is like a support group for folks who are trying this out and need some guidance on the emotional aspects of it. Um, and we have uh, social things that we do as well, uh, trying to get people together and share meals together. Be- before COVID, we did a lot of potluck-based events, and we're hoping to bring bring those kinds of things back. Um, but for folks just getting started, we do have a monthly webinar that is called get started with whole food, Mm -hmm. plant-based nutrition. Mm -hmm. And it goes into a little bit of the basics on why this is a healthy diet and what some of the myths are typically Mm -hmm. in the, in the field of nutrition and then what to do in your own kitchen to get on the path and to, to make plants a feature of your daily diet. Um, We also have a number of different kinds of classes that we offer to organizations and companies that might want to teach their um, constituents or their community members or employees about plant-based eating. And that has been tremendously meaningful because um, I always say that we, you know, change happens best in the context of community. So when we can do it together, we can learn together, make changes together, uh, whether you're part of a faith-based community or part of a, you know, a community center of some sort. Um, we've had really meaningful 
programming with those kinds of populations. And um, and I guess one thing I'll plug also is our 21-day plant-powered jumpstart. Like you said, um, it takes 21 days to definitely start shifting habits and, and routines. Um, we've created a program. It's actually a month-long, uh, many educational uh, pieces and peer mentorship and so many recipes and resources. So if anybody wants to go deep and really learn and give this a try, we'll be holding our next program in May. So definitely, yeah, it's uh, anybody can join um, adults. And we actually really encourage people to to do it with a friend or with a significant other uh, or family member, because it just solidifies the experience to be with others. I love it. Community-based and educational. Those are key things. And did you give the website and the handles? Oh, yeah. So the website is Mm -hmm. plantpoweredmetrony.org. You can also find it at www.ppmny.org. And you can follow us on social media on Facebook and on Twitter. We're at plantpoweredmny. And on Instagram and YouTube, we're at plantpoweredmetrony. Perfect. It was such a pleasure connecting with you, Liana. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate what you and Plant Powered Metro New York are doing. And it was a pleasure. Awesome. Thanks so much, Mariana. Thanks for tuning in to Gossipista. Your support means the world. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends. Can't wait till next week's episode. Follow along on Instagram at Gossipista to get my latest New York happenings. But if you live in breathe New York City like I do and want even more, go to our website at gossipmista.com, explore, and subscribe to our newsletter to get insider tips first. Lastly, if you have any questions and or scoop on the city, you can email me at gossipmista at gmail.com. Until next time, you know you love me. XOXO, Gossipmista.